0: Hi. Um, a couple days ago, it was International Women's Day. And to be honest, I'm not really into like the whole national random celebration days, like National Bagel Day and all that. It's like, where do these come from? What are we doing? Um, but today I am <laughs> because it's a reason to um, attribute the release of this episode because this episode is over the evolution of powerful, unapologetic women um, that I specifically <laughs> look up to, but, uh, but I'd say they're also universally powerful. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Where the hell have you been? Waiting. For what? For this. Welcome back to Extra Ginger. I'm your host, Annie. So the thing I admire about really powerful unapologetic women is that they're not only great and wonderful in their strength, but also in the way that they have grown by continuously, you know, restructuring their mindset or the way they present themselves or how they think about themselves in order to align who they want to be with who they actually are in real life. That process is so incremental and takes, you know, more effort and work than a lot of more straightforward things. Like it's not as easy as, you know, going to the grocery store and picking up confidence off the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's almost like training. Like you have to do things to grow into the person that you want to be. Um, And I think the really cool thing about these women that I admire is that they've not only succeeded in doing that, but also have been able to stay resilient and persistent under such a scrutinous public eye. Um, The first one that comes to mind that I have always loved (laughs) and will love for a very long time is Miley Cyrus. This girl like literally started so young. You know, her dad is literally a country star. Her whole family is basically famous now. Um, And she, you know, had that TV show and was always doing music. And I was looking at like the evolution of her albums from, you know, See You Again and "Nobody's Perfect and Life's What You Make It to if we were a movie and can't be tamed and wrecking ball and now plastic hearts like i recently listened to the whole plastic hearts album and it's absolutely astonishing like i cannot believe i mean i can believe it but it's also just so admirable to me to see the way that she has grown so freely i guess i don't know like it's just It's very heartwarming to remember, you know, the period she went through where she was coming on stage and with a giant foam finger and Robin Thicke with, uh, what was that, blurred lines or whatever that song was. Um, And, you know, with her space buns and the glitter and then Malibu, right? And saying that she wasn't smoking anymore and really trying to reconnect with herself or. Whatever it was. Um, and now, this like rock persona, it's great. It's absolutely wonderful. And throughout all of her years, I feel like it takes such strength to be so um, accessible, I guess, to literally everyone um, in terms of like her personal life and her career. Like, it's something that you can just Google, you know? It's public knowledge and documented heavily and so the way that she's been able to stay so herself throughout all the years, throughout all the changes, it's it's just really cool to me, and the other person that came to mind really quickly was Britney Spears. Um, again, have always loved her, will love her forever. She is so iconic, not only in terms of her stardom, but also in terms of like how I grew up, you know? (laughs) Like I remember being at a cousin's house with, you know, the little black TV that's literally like a foot deep, (laughs) like you have to have it like a foot away from the wall because it is so thick in the back, and putting on Britney Spears and trying to learn the dances by watching the videos, you know, just over and over again, and fighting over what the right words were because you couldn't just Google lyrics back then. Um, You just had to hear it from the song or you had like... Albums would come with like that little plastic um, like flip book and it was the album cover but you could if you open the album you could take out the picture of the album cover which was actually like a little book with all the songs and the lyrics and sometimes there would be like fun facts or something. But yeah, so not only was she, you know, wildly famous um, for also a very long time, but also an integral part of <laughs> my life specifically. And I haven't watched her documentary yet because I am anticipating having a lot of thoughts about it, <laughs> so I wanted to reserve that time for maybe a separate episode. But I think in the same way, like she showed such strength you know and i think women particularly are very apt at recognizing the type and magnitude of strength that is needed to exist as a person like Britney Spears or Miley Cyrus or you know Lady Gaga or Rihanna or even Zendaya you know, like to exist as these women in the public eye and to be beautiful and smart and intelligent and talented, but also receive immense levels of criticism and still do what you need to do to succeed and thrive and, you know, feel like yourself. And to do that unapologetically, I think is so inspiring. Um, I remember so clearly, too, like I wasn't even that old, I don't think, what was it, like 2007, so I must have been 10, maybe 11, and I remember talking about it, and you know, we were what, we must have been in fourth, fifth grade, and we said, you know, Jamie Lynn Spears is Britney's little sister, and she's on Zoe 101, and I heard that the show got canceled because she got pregnant and followed in her sister's footsteps, you know? Like, I remember verbatim that sentence, and I remember thinking, like, no, no. Like, Britney is doing the best she can with all of the attacks that she's given. And I remember, again, in high school, um, I was talking about Britney Spears with my science teacher, actually, and she was... It was a forensics class and she was talking about how sometimes they do drug testing by taking like a chunk of your hair and they take it from the back so it's like not, you know, obvious or um, unappealing. But they'll take a chunk of your hair and they can analyze like the strands somehow and figure out not only like which drugs you've been taking, but also when you were taking them because it follows like the progression of like you know, the way hair grows. (laughs) So as it's growing, it's like basically keeping track of uh, what's coming in and out of your body, Um, or maybe just in and not out. Um, But on that topic, my science teacher had mentioned, like, because around the time that Brittany shaved her head was when she was in, I think like a custody battle for her kids. And because she didn't want to lose her kids, she shaved her head so that they couldn't prove that she might've been using drugs or something. Um, And of course it was just a rumor, but it's that type of conversation and even assumption, you know what I mean? About women that we have no idea, like we literally pushed her to the brink and then asked why she went off, you know? And, um, I don't know, I just think to still stay strong and I remember seeing, like, she had posted that she ran, like, the fastest dash, I don't know how many, I don't know what the distance was, like, 200 kilometers or something, but she had posted that she ran, she had posted the time that it took her to run, like, for example, the 200 kilometers and it was faster than, like, the world (laughs) record. And I remember thinking like, you know what, Brittany? Yes, I love this for you. Like beyond the credibility and reality, I'm just happy to see you happy because I know you've been through so much and you deserve what you have now, you know? And I do genuinely think that she is a good mother because I feel like there must be this fierce and relentless protectiveness that comes with being a mother as a celebrity, you know? Because like, you know, I'm sure most of those people have really thick skin and have gotten used to it, but I don't know, like, it must be scary to raise a child and have to think about, you know, are there things that are gonna be said about them if we walk outside? you know, or will they understand why we're always being followed by cameras or why we have to, you know, switch cars and take separate cars and all of this stuff. Um, So yeah, I I can just imagine it's really hard and I really admire the just resilience, I guess, and perseverance of these women. Um, Chelsea Handler is another really good example. Um, Less about you know, being in the public eye, but more about she's always been very... She's always leaned into who she is. And she is, to me, like the epitome of doing that. She is the person that does leaning into yourself the best. Because, you know, when she was first starting out and doing stand-up and um, she had her talk show, and I just remember, like, she always has this aura of being very sure of the type of person she is. And it was especially incredible because the type of person she is is not someone you come across often. So to lean into a personality that is uncommon and, you know, honestly, sometimes taken the wrong way is really, really inspiring because. A lot of the times, women are perceived as aggro when they're really just confident. Um, and this isn't a generalization. There's been like you know multiple studies and receipts to back it up. But the fact is, is it's unfair, and to see someone continue to project truly aggressive energy (laughs) like it's not that she is just confident she's also a little bit aggressive you know um and i can say that because i have i think sometimes i come off as a little bit aggressive too and so i know what it feels like to uh to not only feel aggressive but to be seen um as aggro and so i think to unapologetically continue to embody that energy because it's where your power comes from that's great and it's what women should be encouraged to do because I think more often than not um being demanding and a little bit aggro serves a woman more than it harms her um maybe not you know, in the present, because I know there's consequences and, and I know we can always say or do the things that um, maybe a man would be able to do, especially in the professional realm. But I don't think Chelsea, you know, overdid it or anything. So I think being able to maintain that balance of, you know, I'm going to ask and possibly take what I think I deserve And I'm not going to yield on that because I've worked hard to get where I am and I deserve the space that I'm taking up, you know. And, you know, I know she's a white woman and she acknowledges that she's very privileged. And um, I really appreciate her commitment to activism. Like she could have done another season of Chelsea but didn't and decided to take that time off to, you know, really learn about what was going on in the country at the time and uh, try to make a difference there. I think that she uses her platform in a really impactful way you know is to continue to be so direct and sure and proud of who she is and genuinely in love with herself and knows what she deserves and encourages other women, especially young girls I wa- I wasn't that young when I started following her but um, even from like the age that I was, I remember seeing how she conducted herself and thinking she is not sorry for who she is at all, even when people don't like her. (laughs) And, you know, as like a teenager, that was really, really cool to see. Is that like, you know, she walks around Not caring. You know, if you don't follow her, I don't want to make it seem like she was doing ridiculous acts. It was just that she is a very um, powerful woman. And there's an interview of her with Piers Morgan um, before this Meghan Markle situation. And she had reposted it. And, um, but I guess he like spaced out while he asked her a question or something. And, you know, she called him out on it. She said, you know, you can't even focus for 60 seconds and yet you're interviewing guests like you need to be focused. The very least you can do is be focused while you're interviewing a guest. Like that's literally your job and why I'm even here. And he said, well it's because you're not interesting and you know that's his like act is that he is um adversive and not yielding to the guest, I guess. And so he was going back at her and saying like oh it's your fault for not being interesting and she said no it's not like this is your job and it doesn't matter if I'm interesting or not. And he said well it does. And she shut him down so effectively. She said, well, maybe that's why you're losing your job then. And it worked. And it was so quick and so concise and targeted and meticulous. And it's the mark of someone who doesn't tolerate behavior that they don't think is acceptable. And that's just really uh, powerful to me, I guess. And she also takes criticism really well. Um, you know, I think she's grown in a way that she accepts her mistakes and, you know, recognizes that there's room for growth. And I think that is such a intense combination. You know, being sure of who you are and proud of who you are and genuinely in love with yourself, but also recognizing that there is always ways that you can improve your uh five points. I don't know if that's what they're called. Um I'm getting flashbacks to like this really old uh DS game. It was called Brain Academy. And it's also in the manga and anime haiku, but um it's like this Pentagon of skill sets, but you could apply it to anything because this Pentagon basically represents your overall skill, I guess, in a certain topic and each point of the pentagon represents a subset skill. So like for volleyball, it would be like intelligence, speed, strength, I don't know what the other ones are, like agility, I guess, and defense, I don't know. But for example, it'd be something like that, right? Where it's like five subset skills that make a well-rounded, player it's like a ranking of your skill set and eventually you want like your skill polygon on the inside to match the shape of the pentagon and be well-rounded in all five corners but i feel like all of these powerful women have that in common is that they're always trying to improve this well-roundedness of their character um and i think it's a good follow-up to the saying like you can choose to be anyone you want to be. Um, So along the same lines, I think that it's necessary to choose to be someone that you not only like but are proud of and curate qualities that you enjoy leaning into because it's honestly really fun, you know, to play up and emphasize the qualities that you like the best about yourself because they make you feel good. And you know, again, this is assuming that your best qualities aren't arrogance, right? We <laughs> don't want to be um, the guy in the bar that's talking too loud about all the money he's making. Um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, really inspiring and motivating to see women like that, especially at a young age like Zendaya. Um, There was this interview where she was talking about, I think it was like a social media thing on Instagram or something, and she was talking about how growing up as a Disney character and having to kind of transition into a more grown-up role with Euphoria and Malcolm and Marie, she definitely has to think about how that's going to be perceived, and so she wants to make sure that she takes her time, and if she doesn't feel ready for a more mature role, then she'll just wait to take it until she feels ready. And I think that's really comforting to see in a young person, because I think with, you know, the speed with which our culture moves forward, um, there's this Kind of urgency to get as much as you can as quickly as you can. And to see someone say, you know, I could, I could do that. And those opportunities have come for me and, you know, they've been in front of me, but I choose to hold off until I feel prepared to give that project the time and dedication and authenticity that it deserves. And I think following that structure also gives us time to enjoy our accomplishments more. You know, I think so often, um, we're thinking about the next thing and the next thing, and it's nice to just sit back every once in a while and think, wow, you know, I had plans to get here and I made it. (laughs) Um, on the other hand, the more kind of saddening, I guess, um, aspect that I think not just famous powerful women have in common, but a lot of women in general, their strength often comes from you know some type of devastating obstacle, <laughs> and it's not always the case, but in the context of Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus, they had to go through a lot to get to where they were and to get to where they are now. And that type of strength often goes, I don't know, unappreciated, I guess, Um, like with the whole Britney thing, you know? Like it's not until our documentary now that people have been Um, have been remorseful and regretful about what we put her through as both a public audience and, you know, the whole Hollywood business situation. And I think so often, you know, they hear something along the lines of, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that you were going through that or I didn't know you were going through that and that it was a part of it, that I was complicit this might just be a me thing, but when I hear that, it's like, I don't care. (laughs) You know, like, of course you didn't know because I didn't tell you. Um, You know, to some level, it is comforting because it's like, oh, I didn't know you were going through that because if I did, I would have helped. You know, so I wish I had known so that I could have helped or been there for you, whatever. But it's also like, don't you realize that we can't? We can't talk about these things because we can't have public outbursts or breakdowns or even qualms or complaints without there being some type of inquisition about it or backlash or whatever it may be. And it's not an absolute, it's not always, but it is sometimes very hurtful because it happens at the exact moment when you would least expect it and when it's most important. And in order to make it through these events, I think you have to have such a grounded sense of who you are because when you're that sure of yourself, no situation or person or environment could compromise that and that's what makes these women special to me is that I feel like even in moments of you know distress or public pressure or even like personal conflicts, they have been so sure of themselves that they are able to come out of it even better than the person they were before they went through that situation, um, I think a more concrete example comes from um, a show I've been watching called Better Call Saul, which is a really really good spinoff of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was all honestly like too depressing for me. Um, I didn't even finish it because it was so depressing, but I like Better Call Saul way better. And there is this scene with um, Kim, which is another lawyer it's the fight scene between Kim, Saul, and Chuck in Chuck's house before he like gets all better and cleans up his house and it's about the Mesa Verde files and Chuck is accusing Saul of you know going to the copier and printing out the wrong numbers and all this stuff and Kim looks at Jimmy and she sees the truth right she's like I know this is ridiculous but Given his worth ethic, given what I know about him, given what I love about this man's, I know it's true. And I know it's true that he did it for me. Which, on another note, is a great act of love that I will always remember and cherish. But in that moment, she decides to defend Jimmy, you know, and call out Chuck on... All the things that jimmy has thought but maybe has never said out of love for his brother but kim isn't family you know so she has the liberty to say you want nothing for him but failure and that's messed up and you know i'm sure it meant a lot to jimmy for her to say that especially in front of him um and especially because it definitely hurt chuck more to hear it from someone on the outside and someone who he thought was his ally but the thing about Kim is that she's also very rule followy. <laughs> like she doesn't agree with Jimmy's methods of, you know, doing his job. And in that moment, in that fight, that is such a huge violation of her personal ethics. But she chooses to accept it out of, I think first and foremost, love for Jimmy but also because I think that she knows who she is as a person and that accepting and condoning this act doesn't change her code nor her integrity. And I think that's really special because it means that your personal code is strong enough to withstand attacks I guess, (laughs) I don't know really how to phrase it, Um, but it's like the stronger the wall, the more you can throw at it, right? Like she is so sure of how she is going to conduct herself in the future, how she is going to continue to practice law and the adherence to her moral code. She is so sure that she is going to carry herself in the right way that this doesn't affect it doesn't affect her perception of herself and it also doesn't affect her perception of Jimmy, you know? Um, and part of it might be because, you know, she got the Mesa Verde account and she really needed it um, so like, he kind of saved her (laughs) but it's also like she knows that he has good intentions and a good heart and always tries to do the right thing even if it's in the wrong ways Um, and that's a whole other episode but yeah, I think him is a good example of someone who's genuinely proud of who they are Um, and also a really good example of what you can accomplish when you're proud of the person you are. So yeah, cheers to Kim. I haven't finished all of the seasons yet, so hopefully I don't have to go back on my word and call her out for doing something awful. Um, I hope they don't do her dirty, but yeah, on that note, we can start closing it out. closing ceremonies of extra ginger we'll start with phase one which is final thoughts where we deliver the takeaways from each episode in clean one-liners so for this episode i'd say it's to put the work in to cultivate and morph your being into someone that you like and love and to be proud of that and to be unapologetically you because it can be really fun to lean into your personality and um not to be like a boomer but I think especially as you get older it becomes um easier to lean into who you are and so that makes it you know kind of important to make sure that the traits that you're leaning into are the ones that you want to carry with you um but of course, it's gradual. So, uh, to be also patient with yourself in making any changes that you want to make and to allow room for growth. Um, it's okay to realize that maybe a trait you've been working on isn't one that you really want to keep. And to recognize that, you know, other people's struggles, especially women, but in general, other people's struggles are theirs and if you don't know about it then it's because they didn't tell you um but what's more important is that you're there for them now you know um and to remember that people go through things that they don't talk about all the time so if you didn't know that someone was going through it um but they're telling you now then just be there for them starting them and I think just one last thing um, is to protect your energy. If there's criticism that you've given a fair amount of consideration to and and you still don't agree with it, then that's fine. Protect your energy, protect the person that you are proud to be and to not let a situation or environment, and especially to not let a person (laughs) change who you are. Great. So moving into phase two of closing ceremonies, which is a palette cleanser. And this week's palette cleanser is very exciting because it is big news. Guest episodes of Extra Ginger are coming back very, very soon. And there is big ideas, or well, really just one big idea, <laughs> um, in the works, and I'm very excited about it. So Please look forward to the upcoming episodes. Um, We'll debut some new segments, new concepts with the same insightful, hilarious, captivating, overwhelmingly genuine conversations with me and my friends. Um, So stay tuned for that. And as always, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you soon.